0: hello gothic friend and welcome to episode 5 of our mini series with Tuche Kuthlu on midnight mass this last episode is the is the one that's going to close these wonderful talks with Tuche that have such a fantastic time with her and in this section of that we started this year with uh, the road to self-recognition in this episode we're going to talk about otherness and the supernatural but we do a lot more than that we do like an overall view of what we have learned together but we how much we have enjoyed this journey because it was going to start just with one episode and it ended up being five so we made a mini series and we haven't just talked about the otherness and the supernatural all along we've talked about the uncanny we've talked about we've had to mention freud We've talked about characters, we've talked about setting the story, the origin of the story, who's the monster, who's not the monster, uh, the different characters, those that have a voice and those that don't have a voice. We've made differentiations between the ghosts or the monsters, the supernatural world and the the human beings and where they actually cross over. So we have done a lot of uh, detail and in-depth analysis. So because of how rich this was and how much a lot of people have enjoyed that, and uh, we are going to create uh, we're going to make accessible to you the presentations so the presentations and some pdfs so this is how it is going to go so for those who are actually teachers and you are teaching horror in schools or in college or you need this material for courses we're going to make uh, we're going to give you the opportunity of downloading their presentations that are gonna have more than to, than what you have to seen on the videos. They're gonna have um, they're gonna have extra information and also PDFs with exercises that are going to complement these audiovisuals, these videos. So for those who are really a fan of what we have done here you will have a uh, direct access. If you want to have that material you have the link below in this video when you finish just go there click and have a look at what we have prepared for you uh, if you are just here because you love enjoy you have enjoyed the journey with us and you just want to have that information it is a lot of learning material there that you can use as a basis to keep investigating about the gothic the elements of the gothic horror grief and everything that we talk about in the series this series has just been an excuse an excuse sorry for us to keep talking about everything that we love which is grief the supernatural horror and all the uncanny elements that surround us and how much of ourselves identity we have learned from watching this series and analyzing this series together so friends this is the last episode i hope you enjoy it i hope that you leave your comments that if you haven't subscribed subscribe and follow us everywhere Tichi is fantastic a great communicator and I hope that you really enjoy that. We hope that you really enjoy it. And let's start with the show. Good afternoon, evening, Duce. How are you today? I am fine. How are you, Alicia? I'm okay. Welcome to Coffee Land once again, and welcome to our midnight sessions, part five. How does that feel?
1: It feels uh, it feels amazing, to be honest. That we found so much to talk about uh, about this little show called Midnight Mass and uh it's it's a privilege to be talking about it to be honest and um i really enjoy all the points that we are making so far and that we are finally finalizing our uh sessions on it it's it's kind of like a goodbye as well so uh saying goodbye to it saying goodbye to midnight mass and um it's interesting let's see what happens Yeah, because really people, if they wait till the end
0: and if they really want to keep talking about it, well, we were talking, we were considering just um, having a day, a live event. So we're going to propose that and see if people get engaged and they want to talk to us because then we can kind of continue a little bit more, but with more people. So let's see, let's see what happens, see what happens. Yeah, today, part five, I've actually seen a lot more people talking about it since we've been doing this. I don't know if it's just coincidental, but um, yeah, I find that quite interesting. Like there are more things on internet now, and a lot of people keep like maybe because they keep watching it, and there's more people with maybe it. Maybe
1: it's, it's got, again uh, it's garnering your attention more now. Hmm. That it's catching your attention more now that Probably. we're talking about it.
0: Probably he's popping
1: up on my YouTube feed as yeah, well. Like because because when it first came out, everyone was talking about it like it was like wildfire, and I was like, "What are they all talking about? I need to see this! Like, what is this thing they're all talking about?" So I started to show. Of course, I, w- I was going to watch it anyway because it's Mike Flanagan, and I'm I'm a big fan, uh, but. But because everyone was talking about it, I was interested more.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's true. And then you see, it's like when you're pregnant, you see all the pregnant ladies. So when you want to have a baby, you keep seeing exactly. babies. So, exactly. So yeah. True. <laughs> that is true. All of a sudden, everybody's talking about it. So yeah, it could be that. It could be that. Well, so there we go again. Yay. We are in this mini series Talks with Tuche about Midnight Mass and we like these presentations so much that i i just keep making them longer (laughs) (laughs) you see today we have to go really quickly perfect before we go into details before we go to these lessons because really I'm, i'm i'm watching this again to to go over what we've done or to cover the same things and these are real lectures you know to change i think people Need to realize that this content is what they will find at university level and uh, maybe not from my side but from yours definitely so <laughs> we ask for support so people if you're enjoying this content and very soon i'm going to be uploading the presentations with extra content of these classes uh, there so some of it will pre- be will be private for those who are really super fans of what we're doing here. And others, if you just want to come and donate, be very welcome, my friend, to Gothiccoffee.com, <laughs> Alice in Gothic land, 1402. Remember Valentine's Day and Gothic Valentine's Day for you to support <laughs> us. <laughs>
1: 1402. <laughs> That's great.
0: <laughs> I don't know. These things are, you know, this is like these um synchronicities of the of the world life and the universe so tell us a bit about your experiences so far we've got you really doing your thing so people believe me yeah. really. and this is great i mean i put little go to some people's faces
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's that's i was looking at that i was trying to understand what was happening in that picture <laughs> what was happening with people's faces And yeah, um, I'm doing, as you know, I'm a research and teaching assistant uh, at Ankara University, but also doing, you know, uh, courses uh, on, you know, film history elsewhere as well as the university. So um, it's a picture from when I was teaching them German Expressionism and was talking a, a little bit about Soviet montage Cinema and Eisenstein and Beethoven and all those uh, very important names. So that's uh, <laughs> that's That bit on the right uh, is um, uh, is that course, and that bit on the left is my room at the university. Basically, you look really
0: like well with it. Yeah, like I've settled here. I'm not moving.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm like I'm I'm vibing with that place. Look at that. With, cool, that, with that fancy green light and all that. <laughs> it's like it an Agatha Christie novel. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, it's amazing. No, I love it. I keep stealing your pictures to put them because I think people need to know, and people like to know what we're up to outside making videos and doing cha- uh, chats and talks is that people kind of like what is our lives outside all the horror and all the gothic, you know? So a bit of reality here for them as well. And yeah, yeah then your life is this, isn't it? Your life is research, is horror, is the gothic, is uh, grief, it's, uh, and you take it to all the areas of your life. So this yeah. is every,
1: every scary thing that you do not like to talk about basically is my <laughs> is my niche, is, is my obsession.
0: <laughs> yeah, but the thing is that you make a living out of it. And, and yeah, somehow sure. this is your path. So, you know, for those who believe that not possible to live um of your passion we have a good example that's yes you can so yes you can (laughs) brilliant so are you ready for today's right episode five so today we have the nest and the supernatural and they're not
1: they're not very far from one another to be honest
0: True. And um, you mentioned things from the otherness, uh, about the otherness the other day when we we're talking about uh, identity. And yeah. Um, so, yeah, well, we're talking about how to expand this a little bit more. And maybe we could use this reference that you mentioned the other day. You talked about Edmond Husserl. Yeah. And you um, talk about confidence. identity versus the other.
1: And that's why I picked this picture again. Again. <laughs> because it perfectly sums up the entire conversation. I, uh, yeah, it's important that this picture should be in all of our <laughs> uh, courses, basically. This is the this is perfect picture.
0: Yeah, so as always, this is what you said, more or less, correct me if I got it wrong.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But uh, summarizing, uh, when you were talking about identity and the otherness, you said that whereas identity is about the self, the other is the opposite of the self. I thought that was really clever. Uh, mm. The condition and quality of otherness, of being the other is the same as being different from, and alien of a social identity of a person, of the identity of the self. I mean, it sounds like a mouthful this, but yes. And then you extend yes. it to, I suppose now you'll, you'll elaborate a little bit further, but you said also that otherness identifies with the characteristics of who and what of the other which are the same from the symbolic of the other of things from the real aesthetic political philosophy i think i was just trying to copy what you were saying so obviously it's going to be random <laughs> from social norms but the key are these and these are the social identity in the self therefore the condition of otherness and this is what we're going today is a person's non-conformity within social norms of society i think for me this is key And I suppose this is what you're going to elaborate now. And that the otherness is a condition of this political exclusion. So we can't get away from politics affected Mm -hmm. by the state or by the social institutions placing the other in the margins of society. So you you said all these the other day when we were talking about identity. And obviously, you were talking about otherness because, as you said before, they go hand in hand. So what are your thoughts or would you like to um, elaborate further on these now? because Horsel, I'm not really familiarized with him.
1: Of course. So... Uh, should I elaborate? Yes, yes, please, yes. <laughs> of course, <laughs> of course. I thought I thought you were going to say something. <laughs> I was waiting for you to say something. Okay, I'm. uh, If I, <laughs> I don't need to be sorry. I was just. Is she going to say something? She she, she, need, she looks like she's going to say something. Oh, my God. Okay, so the other is very important in my studies as well because I'm now so focused more, and my PhD is more focused on the identity. So I'm reading a lot about you know Kant and Husserl uh, those and Lacan; those are the names that deal with, you know, the other. So, what is the other? So, the concept of the self uh, needs something opposite. So, this is the existence of the constitutive other. So, you can't exist without an other, basically. So, um, so basically, to define the self you need the other to be defined so in the late 18th century uh hegel uh introduced the concept of the other as you know as the as a part of the self consciousness which uh, basically complements uh the propositions from the self awareness uh um, so uh that's that's what That's what started the whole conversation. Hegel started the whole conversation Mm -hmm. about the other. So uh, Husserl took it to a next level, basically, and he applied the concept of the other as the basis for intersubjectivity, the psychological relations among people. Uh, So what, what he did is that he said that the other... Is constitute as an alter ego, as an other self. As such, the other person posed and was an epistemological problem of being only a perception of the consciousness of the self. So, as you can see now, that first Hegel says that we need uh, we need the other to identify as the self. So there comes the there comes Husserl and takes it to a next level and says that the other is constituted as our, you know, alter ego. Mm. Uh, So these are two very different names and they are talking about it. Then comes uh, Jean-Paul Sartre and he applies the dialectic of intersubjectivity to describe how the world is altered by the appearance of the other, of how the world then appears to be, oriented to the other person and not to the self. The other it appears as a psychological phenomenon in the course of a person's life and not as a radical threat to the existence of the self. In that mode, uh, a lot of other you know, uh, scientists and theorists talked about the other. One of them was Lacan. And uh, he he talked about, he and Levinas, they talked about and established contemporary definitions and usages of the other. And uh, Lacan associ- associated the other with language and with the symbolic order of things. And Levinas associate the other with the ethical metaphysics of scripture and tradition. The ethical proposition is that the other is superior and pre prior to the self so he was about the religion and scripture and all so who that reminds us of in the series
0: that's a bit bare, isn't
1: it yeah yeah that's a very apparent and uh, that's very obvious that yeah. uh, we we have a man of scripture in the show basically and uh and he brings in the other <laughs> from basically uh, he goes to, uh, it was Jerusalem that started the story in that regard. He goes to the Middle East and takes the other and comes back to the United States. And uh, that's, very, um, that's very telling to me. That's very obvious. And uh, you, can, you can say that uh, in a sense, uh, Riley is also an other because he is away, he's far from home uh, when we begin the show. He has a car crash and we see that. And he now is in prison and we see that. And he comes back to the community and everybody is looking at him and everybody is like looking at him weirdly and talking behind his back. He is the other in, in this uh, regard because he comes from outside, and everyone is now wary of what he might change in this community that is very close-knit. And uh, so the other is a, is, is a threat in this uh, sense, because one, the other is a vampire. The first one is a vampire. So he's a threat to the community and to the living beings on the island. And the second one, Riley is a threat to the community because he does not believe in the sense that they do believe and he doesn't go to church. He doesn't do the things that they do in most of the series. And he's a threat to the society as well. But he's also, he must be there also because otherwise the self is not formed. Without the existence, existence of the other, so that is also important. We need Riley in the story to drive it forward. Oh, that's beautiful, Sheriff. Sheriff is also the other because he's from he's from an uh, he he was he was raised as a Muslim, so he was. I think he was he was not raised as a Muslim. I think he says I converted to Islam after marrying uh, my wife because we don't know which religion which religion he was part of before that, but he becomes a Muslim uh, after marrying his wife. so we know that, and he talks a lot about you know how he's he was perceived in the city they they come from, they came from basically he talks at length about how how hard it was to be an outsider and how hard it was to be the other that everyone was looking at and everyone was like very of after 911 especially to be a muslim in the united states as, as in itself was very hard Yes, and yeah, yeah. it is still hard. It is still hard. I we hear a lot of stories from Muslims that go to the United States and are searched throughout. You know they they searched thoroughly while you know people uh, get away with a lot of things Muslims yeah. don't. And um, I think yeah. it was Rahul Kohli, the actor himself. I follow him on Instagram and Twitter because he's a great person persona and uh, i follow him and i think it was two years ago something he says something about um being stopped at the airport many many times and i was like yeah that's and it is so true to the story as well because you know that was the experience of the sheriff as well you know in your heart that that happened to him as well and being a cop doesn't stop it uh doesn't stop you from the being the other basically in this story and uh aaron aaron is also kind of the the other because he what she wants of for uh once and for all she's she's a part of the community of course but also after meeting riley something changes in her and Mm -hmm yeah something changes in her and she starts questioning some things and that cuts the ties between her and the community after losing the baby especially uh her ties to the community is cut short and she starts questioning she starts researching and after spoiler alert after riley dies and uh she's more pushed to the edge to the margins and she becomes this uh, very weird uh, part of herself like she becomes something different than herself and she becomes the kind of like the other in the story and she becomes our lead in the story along with sheriff along with the sheriff of course Uh, so two three others (laughs) and they're all uh, the main characters of the show that's very beautiful to me to watch, and I one of the reasons that I enjoyed so much uh, this show because, um, like you see a lot of shows that show you know, of course, you uh, show people who are worshipping like Islam or something, but only on this show i felt that it was not exploited but explored that is a very big difference like being exploited but being being explored are two different things and i think this show does not exploit but explore but it explores definitely it explores and uh, it explores being the other as well in the form of three different characters and also actually four because you know the vampire is also another (laughs) it is the other as well it's the ultimate other isn't it it is you don't know anything we don't know anything about this creature we just know that it's the opposite of everything you're supposed to be so (laughs) (laughs) so that makes it the ultimate other the ultimate other from the self, um, and yeah, the, that's that's. Uh, there are a lot of things that you can look at the show and find a lot of bits and pieces where you know being the other is shown, especially you know in the in the looks of people. You know, that's little those little glimpses where yeah. you know that you know that they're judging, and yeah. or you know that the way. Uh, The way Beverly talks to the sheriff, you know, you know that in her heart, he's the other and that he he's being constantly being judged for it. And uh, yeah, Aaron too. Aaron too. Definitely. I mean, everybody is being judged by Beverly, Bev, (laughs) everybody. (laughs) She's the character we all love to hate. And uh, boy, do I hate her. I hate her with a passion. Yeah,
0: I so. know <laughs> you do. Yeah, I, th- I think with, with Beth, um, she needs to be there. Because, I mean, you've said a couple of interesting things here. The yeah. fact that um, these others become themselves, their own others. As yes. you say, when they transform into something else because of the experiences they go through, they become this other, that or this other person they were not before. So there's this transformation as well but also i think what we have with beth uh, introducing here it wasn't on the plan but you're just making me think introducing the shadow self Uh, if in the shadow self um that Jung talks about carl jung talks about and he says that the other when we criticize someone else thinking about beth now when we criticize someone else is because we're criticizing our own faults. It's what the faults that we see in others is actually because we are seeing ourselves in them. And that reflection of the other is where you find your shadow self. So we've we've got this rich character that is perfect. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Talk about a lot of the things, a lot of the Gothic elements kind of go at the end, go with her. Um so yes, it's it's interesting, but as, as others we have, and you just mentioned those, you've got also the dead, the dead are also the other, which you were yeah. mentioning at the beginning, and we have different others here. Obviously, we have the ghost, which is the traditional other, yeah. but then we have the vampire as you mentioned before, or, or we don't know because I still have my doubts. I went back to the scene of when when Paul is saying, and then there was the angel, because he said the word angel. And there's this this halo around this thing. and, and uh, Around this thing, I know, I know. Not talking, where did you get that he's saying angel? And he's putting their words in his mouth. You know, it's like this duping.
1: And yeah.
0: Um, yeah, this other, obviously, is this one. But then we have the community as a ghost. And the other is also these seeds that we were talking about uh, at the beginning and I don't know if it was episode two and one that the empty chair came up and you elaborated further in, in episode three but the empty chair is not just at the moment that we have the empty chair with Paul and with uh, Riley is also the empty seats in church before everybody actually gets there and th- they become more and more addicted to the church because of the blood and because of the <laughs> sermons and because of all these things. So it's interesting here how this other works as well.
1: Exactly and um, well of course like I talked a little bit about Levinas but from from uh, Levinas's perspective uh, he described the nature of the other as insomnia and wakefulness and ecstasy towards the other that forever remains beyond any attempt at fully capturing the other whose otherness is infinite. Even in the murder of another, the otherness of the person remains uncontrolled and not negated. The infinity of the other Allowed Levinas basically to derive other aspects of philosophy and science as a secondary to the ethic. So he talks a little bit about how, you know, he says, um, What was his quote? His exact quote was, My relationship with the other as neighbor gives meaning to my relations with the, all the others. So, neighbor, neighbor is something that we can find on Crocodile Islands because everyone is a neighbor (laughs) on Crocodile Islands and they go all go to the church as uh this community so if if like Levina says uh my relationship with the other as neighbor gives meaning to my relations with all the others that means that uh, the community you know, as a ghost, you know, as the other gives meaning to all my relations, relationships with everybody. So because everyone is another from me, from my perspective, everyone is the other. So apart from the self, because they are apart from the self, they are not part of me. Uh, but also community as a ghost is uh is a beautiful thing to talk about because it's a very gothic thing gothic thing as well and as you said we have a lot of gothic elements you know one of them is the ghost obviously you know ghost haunting riley from uh, beyond the grave and then there's the vampire vampire is also very gothic very dracula And uh, you can see from the gothic novel that a lot of elements of vampires and ghosts can be found. But community as a ghost is something that we should explore. Like, what is a ghost Mm. to you? Yes, well,
0: it's actually something I've been exploring in... Uh, in this during this month of March, I've been exploring the figure of the ghost, and it's a very good question that nobody seems to be able to answer. No one,
1: <laughs> because <laughs> ghost ghost is a very, it's not a tangible thing. You can't completely okay. completely describe what a ghost is, and it's a, it's different for it's something different for everybody. I mean, to me, ghost is a is a remnant of. Something that has been, but is no longer with us, like is no longer. So ghost is something like that, something that has passed, but we can see the remnant of it. We can, we can get kind of like reminiscence and we remember it and we talk about it maybe, and we keep it kind of alive and not entirely because it's a ghost. And, um, so community as a ghost is in, especially on Crocot Island, some, some, a lot of, a lot of islands, uh, are known to exist with their, within their own means. So yeah. if, if they can no longer feed themselves through fishing or something else, whether, whatever they are doing, farming, they can not exist. There is a scene in one of my favorite folk horror films, Doomwatch. It's a sci-fi horror film. And in it, uh, people need to leave the island. They live on an island, and something is uh wrong with the environment. And there's a oil spill, and they need to leave the island. And one of them says, You'll kill the island, you'll kill all of us. And uh yeah, another character from the outside says the island will die in a few years because, like, there will be no one on the island and the community will be dead. And mm-hmm. so, Crocodile Island is that kind of community. It's yeah, like yeah. you 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 see nobody working really, not really, apart from, the, <laughs> apart from the apart from the. Um, the the clergyman like you don't you don't see you don't see anyone working doing some kind of work at least well, everyone is just like chilling and going to the church like yeah, what are what are is, you see, doing see the doctor and
0: the sheriff yes yeah of course of course they're they're but, states people <laughs> that is dad is the only one that really we can see him fishing or yeah fishing but not quite at work it's just preparing the net and preparing things so exactly. you're right we don't see like true full action and what about the rest of the people in the community yeah. yes
1: what are they doing like you you are really uh, questioning like how are they what are they <laughs> like what are they doing yeah yeah i feel so like like this is a kind of community that is dying slowly and yeah. uh, that that you know the pastor had to do this to keep the community alive because otherwise yeah. otherwise they would all be you know metaphorically dead uh, within within a few years so he comes Paul Paul uh, just conjures up this idea that you know that they should all live forever as an island so it's a, it's a metaphorical thing of course uh, but it's also real life you we know that islands have it harder than yeah. the mainland most of the time because they their their ties are cut from the mainland and they don't have the same things that the mainland has you know especially land and all that that is fertile and uh, so it's a, it's a tough thing to be an islander. And it's a much tougher thing to be an islander on Crude Island. So yes. basically this community is slowly dying and they're coming together. But also they are they're a shadow of what they once were. They're not, yes. they're not yes, seeing. See
0: yeah, they're not looking after it either, you know, because they're not doing much. They're not really looking after it, it's all very much in decay. And yeah, yes, you're right. Yes. The, school, the school is there, so the kids are learning, but everything they're learning is very biblical. And Beth is in the school as well as a teacher. So Yeah, I mean, I if Beth, Beth is teaching someone... <laughs> We've got Beth, there we go, so there's everybody else, and then it's Beth.
1: <laughs> yeah, if you know, if in a community, Beth is a teacher, you're in trouble. <laughs> Yeah, look what you're happens in definite you. trouble <laughs> exactly this is what happens to you look at that face oh my god it's i
0: always, you know, but this is so you know what we're saying in spanish is perpendicular it is like these really shocking <clears throat> uncanny view of contradictory items together <laughs>
1: exactly you know religious clothing with you know blood on it but religious white clothing white white is a very important color because it's the color of usually that is associated with innocence and you know all things pure and not is all things good as well it's not associated with evil so you're seeing dev in white you're seeing the vampire in white And, uh, of course, there are all, like, blood everywhere. Vampire is, it was in a robe as well. And, of course, it is also bloodshed. And now Bev is uh, also uh, covered in blood. And these are all very important cinematography as well. Yeah. Yeah. It's It's very important cinematography. Yeah
0: it is yes and look at the colors and everything and and visually i'm just thinking i don't know if i'm gonna say something really out of place but it's almost like with the act of what she does here in the final scenes this is like saying i've just lost my virginity
1: (laughs) yes yes she loses her (laughs) she loses her (laughs) v-card
0: Yes, it's like yeah, uh, it's Almost like her face. There, it's like you almost feel sorry for her because it's like, what have yeah. I done? You know, all this time being such a good girl, and look at me—I've lost it. Look at me! <laughs> look at me. I could have had so much fun.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's, it's the look of—it's uh, the look of realization. I call it. It's the yeah. look of like I could have done this. What sooner? <laughs> like, why did I wait so long? What
0: have I done? It's the wrong one. Late and the wrong one, you know? <laughs> oh,
1: my God. What, what a realization.
0: Mean, blood and things and meanings that we give to blood and these, these change of, mm-hmm. obviously, the transition because of, of being beaten and being transformed into this thing as well there's a transition there so this is like the battle remains and yeah but that's it Beth is like another animal on its own isn't she she's like this other thing so I think from now we've already been stepping into the supernatural part but we can both define or try to define what monster is because we get into this moment don't we of we're talking about monsters and these others are some of them are real monsters and you were saying last week, uh, well, last week, last week we talked together because you've been so busy that uh, it wasn't last week. actually. <laughs> it, <happened.
1: laughs> it was, it was, yeah, last episode, last, last episode.
0: Oh, dear. You were saying many times, who's the real monster? And you kept asking the question. I was like, just wait, 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 we'll get to that in another session, because now you can elaborate these further. So who is for you the real monster? Do you think there's more than one monster? And... Uh, how do they I... perform I mean you did you did mention that and we have here Derrida's influence um we yeah. with a little etymological definition to start you off uh, the Oxford Dictionary says that from the Latin monstrum which means something marvelous or prodigious which is nice <laughs> even a divine <laughs> portent maybe this is what Beth sees in the angel or Sara Martin-Alegre, who's also a teacher at the University of Barcelona in the UB, she has a book called Monstruos al final del millennio, Monstruos at the End of the Millennia. Mm -hmm. And she uses the Latin word monstrare instead of monstrum. And monstrare means to refer to the Roman divinatory methods, which used bodies malformations as a kind of message that could only be decoded by experts. So we have two different... um, uh, interpretations of the word monster if it means monstrum as in something marvelous and prodigious and also "monstrate" that is like the divinatory methods of to show something Yeah, in Spanish monstrar is is to show something so we have this idea of uh, what the dictionary says and then how the term has evolved and mm you know there's also this metaphor of the monster in this other book that is actually a little bit expensive so people donate because then you can support <laughs> the books you know there's like this quote that says that monsters are binary thinking by introducing a new category that refuses easy classification so that's being quoted by spiral 27 monsters are denizens of the borderland who have always represented the extremities of transgression you've just been talking about these and the limits of the order of things and then he continues the boundaries of conventional thought this is said by colin Milburns. there are different speakers and writers in this book then these monstrosities are really a question of how we perceive ourselves which is what you've been talking about as well like when we talked about the otherness and and our own perceptions and our relationship to both the human and the cosmic other. I love that the cosmic other the, that made me think of the angel vampire thing. So the monsters is that which cannot be understood according to conventional notions of identity. We have identity again, and it is an aberration. Yeah, the angel again, which in its very every existence this stabilizes epistemological boundaries and challenges the possibility of identity. So it could be the monster, it could be Beth. Um, maybe their siblings i don't know <laughs> it's just like maybe the way they were plotting before the film so yeah there are all these references to monsters but i'm sure that you've got your own uh, sources just complement all these definitions and and how we see that in the series
1: of course i mean monsters uh threaten binary thinking by introducing a new category that refuses easy classification that's it very telling quote. uh, Because there is a, you know, of course, it's changing now. But there was once a binary uh, system of, uh, you know, things now we are slowly as a society, we are breaking it and deconstructing it. But once there was a binary system of things differentiating between things, but and monsters, are a whole new category and it destroys the classification altogether to me. And, uh, of course, Derrida talks a lot about monsters and, uh, well, he points to the resistance of monsters towards all language and classification. He's one of the first people who talks about, you know, how monsters uh, defy classification and it's very hard to defy a monster and uh to the very question of whether monsters could have a place in their own right within the discourse and thus within the society as well uh, <laughs> but of course uh he he has a quote as well his code goes monsters cannot be announced one cannot say here are monsters without immediately turning the monsters into pets and that's very important yes exactly so you you turn the monster into a pet and what is a pet then something that you have control over and uh, of course there are a lot of a lot of examples to monsters within, within, within the uh, literary criticism and also on film and television as well, but one of the monsters that we generally talk about is the ultimate monster, Frankenstein, yeah.
0: that I love
1: uh saying hi to Mary Shelley from over here to the other side and uh I hope she's listening I, th- I hope there is an afterlife and she's listening, and she would be pleased that someone is talking about her, but like everyone is talking about her these days. Uh, A very, very important person. And she's an important person in creating monsters as well. There, There she builds, constructs a monster from different parts of human body. And she creates the ultimate other in that sense as well. He's not alive. He's not dead. What is he? He's not human. Is he a monster? Who is the monster in the story? I mean, there are... There are yeah. a lot of things that we can look at Frankenstein as well in that sense. Yeah. And, uh, well, monstrosity is really as, uh, as, as there is a curse quote here is how we perceive ourselves and, uh, our relationship to the human and the cosmic other, like what is the cosmic other? Of course there's a, if the, if we believe in the supernatural, if we believe in the in the religious uh, so there is a there needs to be a cosmic equivalent of the self so uh, call it call it soul call it something angel call it something else call it god so there needs to be something if you're if you're believing in it and uh well in the in this show what we are questioning is the monstrosity of the, the monster. If you're t- talking about the vampire, if you're looking at the vampire as a monster, then we can ask the question, like, is he really a monster? Is it really a monster? It's not a he. We don't know what kind of pronouns here he, he she, or it is using. We do not um, know yeah. anything about this creature we don't know we don't know anything about this creature at all and if you are calling him the monster of the story it is it's very hard to say that because how can this creature be the villain if you do not know anything about it like how can it be the monster and but we have a little bit of monstrosity in beverly for example she's in her human form but throughout the story she's the villain and she's a monstrous figure to me because yeah. she's she's using her power you know the she's using power in her game and for others other people's uh, losses of course and she, She's using her authority over other people in a monstrous way. But basically, she's covering up murders left and right. Yes, and yes, yes. no one is asking her to do that. No one is asking her. She just takes charge and says that they're covering up, covering up murders and basically goes against everybody who is, uh, who is opposed to her. She's a kind of like a fascist leader, And uh, in the community, and she's uh, to me, she's the monster of the story. To be honest, I'm not seeing the vampire as the villain and the monster. Uh, I think in this in this regard, the human is the monster of the story. And if you are going as far as that, if you are going as far as that, uh, this other that Paul stole from the Middle East cannot be it can be the other but if you're seeing it, it, it as a monster it's a very it's a very orientalist kind of view so Paul steals him steals his monster monster quote unquote uh from the Middle East and brings it to Crockett Island like who's the monster now like, you, you did this, that, right? you yeah. did this. Yes, Paul is a monster in that sense as well. He kidnaps this creature against his will, probably. We don't know anything about that part of the story. If We don't know if it came uh, with his own will, with his own will. We, we don't know anything. We're not told. So, not
0: told. We're not told. And, and looking looking back at uh, that moment when uh, Paul in the cave meets the the angel um yeah it's, for me this this creature that we still don't know if he communicates or not which I think communication is also super important in, in anything but in the series is what define certain uh, characters there how I'm still asking this since the last time how does the monster the angel? communicate with paul as you're saying um is it mutual consent this is like do they have this telepathic communication is it is that as communicating so then we go back to this um trope of the vampire doing te- telepathy things um telepathic communication but also yeah.
1: at what point but we don't hear it we don't hear it no, in this one
0: no we don't but then is the moment that there's like some kind of uh, the train of thought of this thing when he's biting the he's biting Paul, that he, all of a sudden he decides to open his wrist to feed him there's yeah. some purpose there there's an intention what's that you know they're kind of using each other for something yeah they are oh, it's not clear so if he's trying to colonize and make more vampires nobody he's beaten has grown wings like him for example
1: yeah like, him. Sure. like you know, him
0: there are a lot of questions there and um, that come down also to this communication uh, side of things and i suppose we could refer to lacan in that case when it talks about uh, communicating in language and how we we express all these things that we're talking about but yeah it's true he kidnaps this creature whether he's consensual or not and by doing that it's already breaking some rules and kind of playing with the cosmic balance going back to this yeah celestial and turning
1: of- turning the monster into a pet which yes. is something you should not do <laughs> not but yeah that there is i was right in that case that we can't we can't talk about a monster without turning it into a pet and uh, now Paul takes that monster, if you are calling it that, takes that monster and turns it into a pet and takes it to the Crocodile Island, where you know everybody is happily doing nothing uh, not working <laughs> certainly uh, apart from a few people they're not even working it's just a small happy community we don't know what they're eating stones maybe yes it can happen I mean uh, yeah this is, a, this is a very interesting community I mean I'm sure that even the vampire was shocked like what are they doing all this time on the islands they don't yeah. And then they and can just, get on, they just each other like that. They just, they just uh travel around with their lanterns and you know, <laughs> with their candles. Like, what what is that? What is this place? It's a yeah. folk horror, folk horror
0: ghost. Yeah, these communities are like ghosts that you were talking about before. We have these, these whole body, visual inter- kind of people. thing. Yeah, multiplicity, um, a body with multiple people, multiple uh, beings there. And and the moments where they actually feel close to each other is at moments that are really scary because Erin knows what's happening here. She knows what she's going to yeah. be witnessing. Uh, but these people are oblivious. Apart from the mom, I mean because Sarah's mom here that that come on everybody this woman was dying <laughs> are you not a little bit suspicious are we silly but this is how again it's just showing that <laughs> the community is just blind and is their option is their own yeah it's, it's their own option to be blind they, you know nobody's forcing them to be that blind they just choose to be blind and and again the contrast here with the light and the blindness that they carry and you know these dark enlightened shadows of the gothic appears again not just visually but also in what it means what they're going to be doing they this is something sacred and they're going to be massacred in this place so yes. it's uh, yeah the, the community as i goes that you mentioned before Derrida also talks about hauntology, It, I think is very, very good for what we're talking about. Um, He says, um, Mm. to haunt does not mean to be present, which is also going back to the ghost. And it is necessary to introduce haunting into the very construction of a concept, of every concept beginning with the concepts of being and time. That is what we will be calling here a hauntology ontology opposes it only in a movement of exorcism and we've got here some keywords and ontology is a conjuration i mean we've got some mind-blowing vocabulary here from the supernatural as well we've yeah. got exorcism, conjuration uh, we've got well they, they were to haunt and start into this ontology you were saying what is for me a ghost and precisely ghosts are not just the ghost that we think in the traditional way of a medium seeing a ghost but also the past haunting us and what we've done that keep coming and haunting us so we have precisely the ghost of the girl that is killed right at the beginning that, that's exactly what she's doing but then people's actions also become these hauntology and these haunting things to you know people haunting other people with their actions and the actions being the haunting if you want the tool to be to be haunting the other people so i don't know if i'm making myself a
1: bit i'm getting a bit into a twist here yeah, you're you're making <laughs> you're making sense yeah i know i know derrida was uh talking about uh, a certain event actually he was talking about uh what marx said uh, in uh, in you know uh, specters of Mark, Marx Marx uh, in his book he talks about you know what Marx says Marx says that a specter is haunting Europe the specter of communism and uh, Derrida takes that and says basically says that time is out of joint and begins this. Entire, entire uh, scientific, scientific. What, what can we say? Scientific um, way of explaining things, such as you know, death, for example. Mm-hmm. And he writes in his book, like Specters of Marx. He talks about you know, death of communism after the no, uh, 1991, uh, the fall of the Soviet Union. And uh, a lot of other things that you know that there's that were that weren't being talked about uh, in during his time, but he says, uh, as you quoted here, that ontology opposes it only in a movement of exorcism. Ontology mm-hmm. is a conjuration, and what what is like what is a conjuring? You know, mm. is definitely, definitely interested in the supernatural that there's a of course specters are also something supernatural an element of supernatural and conjuring is conjuring something exorcism these are yeah. all related to the supernatural order of things and uh, it's important like there is a there is a talks about this because no one else does and apart from really really you know few scholars no one still Mm. like that not a lot of people talk about it not not a lot lot of people talk about haunting and not a lot lot of people talk about death and you know even in the sense of you know death of communism uh Mm -hmm. people don't we, we talked about this before but i say it again. People don't like to talk about the death of anything.
0: People even in the academic space, they not making much disconnection
1: exactly. of
0: dead things or even politics, talking about things dying and being reborn again or even um, just death in itself that there's this lack of talking about it. Yes, and we keep bringing this up because for us it is important. And... Yeah it's important because of what is going on around the world nowadays as well that we are surrounded by death no, no matter yeah. where you look and the globalization maybe these is yeah, death of the old times our old ways which is in a way was happening in this series the, the, the dying old times uh, also go away without you know not quietly when something gets destroyed and to be reborn again even like the the phoenix the phoenix thing call it the other phoenix um in a way is like okay we need to look into for this new era to be reborn we need to kill the old one the only thing is that in the series is done in such a catastrophic way it's almost like yeah. there's no hope for them which is what you were mentioning before it's an island that is bound to to disappear and he's gonna do it with a bang and it does it with a bang <laughs> literally almost because it sets it gets set on fire everybody gets turned everybody's a it's a vampire and some of them are dead because they can't control yeah. themselves they can't even embrace their, their new ways because it's too much for them and they become these these zombies and we don't even have a vampire anymore we can we have these compulsive uh killers uh, and and eaters blood eaters they not they're not like paul paul is being converted nicely and intelligently into a vampire but or a blood sucker, not even a vampire because it just drinks blood <laughs> but they, there's no fangs. there's no wings there's no cake <laughs> there's no there's, Oh, you know all
1: the cool things are gone from being yeah. a vampire i mean what what the, did i get from this what do on, i get from you. this
0: it's younger come on yeah you,
1: you get younger that's true you get younger but apart from that all the cool stuff is gone i mean yeah. <laughs> come on yeah. i want all the cool stuff of the vampire. but uh speaking of ghosts uh i think it was views and scott that said um Ghosts come from uh, the past, I think, what was the quote, let me find it. Um, Yeah, it is, ghosts arrive from the past and appear in the present. However, the ghost cannot be properly said to belong to the past. Mm. So, because it is something that arrives from the past, you would assume that it belongs in the past. But no, because it appears in the present. So it's yes, a kind of like a paradoxic, par- paradoxical kind of existence that a ghost <laughs> has or non-existence or yeah. whatever you may call it. And and ghosts are something that is, you know, that is not alive, certainly, but we see a glimpse of it. So it's this kind of in this world and yeah. it is on the, on the margins of what is, you know, alive and what is death and it's walking the walking that line that is called death and uh the reason that so many scholars don't like to talk about death is that people don't like to talk about things they know nothing about because anyone who experienced this it is not alive to talk about it so we're not we don't like to talk about things that we don't know anything about and it's a very human thing, it's a very uh, understandable thing as well, that it scares yeah. us, it scares yeah. us, I mean, we don't, yeah, we don't know. Yeah, because
0: you might be treated as, as a mad person, you know, who, who you know, I have a friend, I have a friend who's a medium and she mm-hmm. she's having uh, throughout her life a hard time to actually make herself respectable and for people to respect what she does and what she can have for me is such a respectful thing because she's yeah. going to ability that I don't have, uh, but that has isolated her from a lot of people. Even the people who come closer to her at some point, she cuts them off. I mean, she's cut me off as well because the interpretation of things. And sometimes you think, what has she seen?
1: <laughs> yeah, what, what has yeah. she seen? What have I, I done?
0: Oh <laughs> what God, will I do? <laughs> exactly. So the paranoia is also there. But yeah, it's true that there are people out there that have abilities that the rest of us do not have or we haven't developed. But the fact that we don't see things doesn't mean they didn't don't exist and they're not there. It doesn't
1: mean, of course. It doesn't so, mean I that. Mean,
0: we, kind of going off a tangent a bit now but um the fact that riley sees this ghost he can't tell people that he sees her so the fact that he's keeping that thought on that vision for himself you can interpret that as his own conscious that he's really seeing the ghost why are we going to try to find another explanation maybe it's just he's seeing the ghost like a lot of people do and the fact that he can't tell anybody else makes things worse, because why is he not telling people? Because it sounds it looks like a really um, um, maybe because of the alcohol, they might think he's too lolly. but also because he strikes me of being someone with a strong way of thinking, you know, very reasonable. So maybe yeah. even to himself recognizing that he can see a ghost makes him look like a fool. Or like a madman. Mad so man. there
1: are a lot of things
0: that
1: implicate. Remember, he he's oh he's already the other. So he doesn't yeah. want to be the other further than that. And yeah. what is more other than a madman? So
0: yeah, yeah. I forgot to share another quote talking about this as well with ontology mm-hmm. and extend what we're talking about. There's this guy called Jacob uh, W. Glacier. He's from uh, the Department of Psychology in the University of West Georgia in mm-hmm. the USA. And he says on um, the same idea of ontology says that by invoking the trope of the ghost, ontology helps to demonstrate how there still lingers in the absence of a thing, a spectral element that is more real than its corporeal counterpart that has As many effects or more than things considered to be real, which is what we're talking about now. And then he continues, I will argue that ontology, following Derrida elsewhere, invokes the category of messianicity, now we get into Beth again, and Paul, as opposed to messianism. Interesting, linguistically, this is for me really amazing as well, how Mm -hmm. things can change. The yes. former being a particular temporal waiting, waiting wheels. The latter is more universal anticipation. Sorry, a mechanism empty of content, and I think we we have here Paul and Beth, and probably more Beth than not Paul. And what do you think? And do you think that we have kind of <clears throat> pinned down a bit better what Beth is all about?
1: Yeah, we did. I mean, Beth is definitely. <laughs> what is uh you know as i said before like well he she's also the monster and Mm. in this sense she is um like this uh the former the missy what the messianicity right and uh
0: messianism messianism,
1: they are very similar but apart from one another and the other, the letter is more universal in that sense. And the, uh, the former is a particular temporal uh, waiting. And uh, in this sense, I think we do have uh, a little bit of what Bev is all about. And uh, she sees something in Paul when she's in the hut. And when she realizes that it is their very beloved Monseigneur and she realizes that this is something, you know, like a Messiah relates something that she sees as a religious miracle and she sees Paul as a Messiah as well. And uh, all the things that they are doing, all the things that Bev is doing is because of what she believes what Paul is. It's nothing about what Paul says Paul is. Like, Paul doesn't say, I'm a Messiah, come after me. He doesn't say that. Not anywhere. Because it is not about this for him. I mean when you go to the end of the show you realize that Paul only did this to be with his real family and that was that was the doctor and her mother and uh, Paul doesn't have any claim to you know messi- messianism I, I don't think that he has but Beverly has and yes. Beverly certainly will make a messiah out of Paul and if he doesn't if he's not willing to be the messiah then she will be the messiah <laughs> and she's, yeah. she's just that determined to to uh, create something you know religious uh and create something miraculous from anywhere from her mostly her because she's also i think she's a big narcissist yeah. and uh because of that i think that she uh, creates this persona of a religion that she thinks what religion is, of course, it's all about what she thinks is religion, religion is, and nothing about the real, <laughs> it has nothing to do with the real religion at all, uh, she just keeps, uh, keeps quoting things from the Bible, but, you know, it's, it's like really old quotes, like really old scripture, that she keeps talking about that no one else knows she just blurs them out and uh calls them all around yes yes she memorized she has all of those things memorized in her mind and uh just as just you know just after uh you know being a vampire just as about, just as she's about to declare herself as the Messiah, you know, the, what happens? She dies. And yes, yes uh, thankfully, she
0: dies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, she, yeah. I feel sorry for uh, at the end, a little bit, because it's like everything she's worked for is so hard. And all of a sudden, that, that, to, yeah, to it just like crumbles down. You know? Yeah. But she's still holding on there like she wants to bury herself in the sand to actually yeah. not disappear so she knows what's happening but yeah it's this obsessive quoting of the bible as you said that makes you think yeah she's narcissistic so we we should probably include here and uh, the death drive that freud talked about and the still people talking about that would be yeah. another long session because the death Drive people write books about this and yeah, of course he's, he's probably very connected yes the fact of death and life and and the other and this narcissistic um profile that she's got she doesn't really love anybody but she manipulates everybody oh, so yeah, she loves
1: she, herself a lot uh, so,
0: <laughs> yeah so it's like well she's she's a very good character to to pull out a lot of the strings but going back to communication language Lacan, I think it's interesting to see when we are in the supernatural space, who talks and who doesn't talk because mm-hmm. communication is not just spoken. But in this case, what we have here that selection I've done is for non spoken communication. So we have that all time the ghost uh, talks visually with her presence to riley and it's beautiful how at the end she kind of look in the picture she's like even reaching with a hand like making peace with riley so they never talk but in the end there's peace so this lack yeah. of communication verbal communication it doesn't mean that there isn't some kind of communication there. It's visual and it's a happy ending for for riley for sure and also for the ghost
1: <laughs> yeah. the fact
0: that we true. have the creepy creature here with the halo look he's got a halo on his head that's how paul sees him it could be yes, the lights of the true. day it could be his own imagination because he's like mm, the last minute there but he doesn't talk we've mentioned that before he doesn't really talk or does he we'll never know another picture that I chose we, you here, have no idea exactly we don't have a, a clue no the other picture of, of someone who's missing ghostly is the baby. And we've talked about this in other episodes as well. The, the baby never talks. He or it or she, she thinks it's a she. So the baby never has a say. The only moment that there's something regarding the baby or the talks is what she interprets, uh, that, that uh, death uh, will give the, this voice to her child. And then you can start imagining what this baby would be age six seven and be looked after other beings in in heaven but she doesn't get a say either so these characters they do not speak and they're so powerful in the in the series and as i said before the empty chairs in church don't they They, the fact that all these missing people that's also information that is non non non-oral communication but still information and communication of our form by people not being there they already saying well I do not believe I don't want to be there I'm not bothered or you're not engaging or whatever you have nothing interesting to tell me for me to be here so this lack of faith which is also something that happens in a lot of religions that people start non-believing and I suppose for a society depending on the society it's a scary thing if people do not believe you cannot manipulate them anymore. And right. so, yeah, this is about who talks and who doesn't talk. And I suppose we've talked about this. It's a bit of a bit of a summary if you want. But, yeah, I think this moment, this is what I want to, you to maybe talk more about because it's your space as well. It's the death the moment. In this case, communication goes on for a long time
1: because yeah, you really does
0: people have forgotten to do which is to talk about your feelings your and feelings. how it's so key yeah and then these two characters they find uh, support on each other and how necessary that long conversation was and this is precisely why a lot of people were criticizing oh the long conversations well that they are so valuable to some of us because i think society has forgotten how to have these long conversations
1: yeah that's why it bothers them because they have forgotten how it was to talk so long uh to somebody about something deep and personal because we are in the in the age of social media we are on in the age of tiktok where all you do is dance to silly songs and you know we're on the uh, age of age of twitter where you know into uh, it's like 240 now it's 240 words or something and you're talking about that you know in 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 a in a few in a few words basically you're talking about you're trying to talk about something in a few words that they were giving to you in, in that time and we are in a society where everybody is like, you say something, and after that they're like, oh yeah, same, same, likewise. Everybody is saying that in every language, basically. Everyone is, uh, everyone is just ready to, you know, close the communication gates and you know do their own thing, which whatever it is. So. Um, As you know, I'm a communication scholar uh, at first, I mean, before being a film scholar. So in communication, of course, is a big field. I mean, they're talking about something that started as something like a message. Uh, If you look at the models of uh, Shannon and Weaver, it starts as a message that is Brought to the uh, from the sender to the receiver is a message mm-hmm. and there are a lot of things that can be lost in between and uh, of course there is a the mass communication which is uh, you know something that is mediated by the media and the medium uh, such as television and cinema and as we can see streaming platforms and of course, there is also the interpersonal communication, which this is all about. Uh, and what is interpersonal relationship? We call it, you know, face-to-face relationship uh, as well, face-to-face communication as well, between one person and another or others. And, uh, you know, it can be both verbal and non-verbal, and it can be body language. And it can play a big part in how one person understands another. And mm-hmm. uh, of course, that with, with that comes emotions as well. You know, emotions is a very interior thing. It's about the psychology of one person. It's about all the chemical things that happen in our brain. So it's very internal in that regards, but. Of course to express this to put this outside of our body to put those emotions outside our body we should use we have to use something it can be it can be anything it can be body language it can be sign language it can be no language in any shape or form and uh, or it can be long conversations about death and how we can move on if we can move on and um, and this scene between Riley and Aaron is uh, of course important and I loved all the long conversations because I love long conversations. I love reading Tolstoy. I love reading Dostoevsky and people like the, who are writing like this so. <laughs> it's no problem (laughs) it's no problem for me to (laughs) to listen to a 10 minute conversation between two people because what is it like i'm asking the people like when they're saying "Oh, the conversations were long like are you not speaking to your friends like ever like what are you doing like if if 10 minutes is bothering you like what is wrong with you (laughs) <laughs> like, are you not human? Are you a robot? Uh, are you Elon Musk? Like, what is going on? So, um, a new category. Because, <laughs> because we, as the people, we communicate and not even we, animals, you've okay. just seen my dog, it, he was barking outside because he was communicating his feelings to the other dogs or whatever they he was talking to. But he, he was
0: talking to death. Yes,
1: maybe he was talking to death. We don't know. Maybe he was talking to us and we just didn't get it. So is the thing a that thing about the communication is that it needs to be two sided if it's interpersonal. It needs to be two sided. We need to be able to understand what the other is saying. So, in uh, if you look at it in the scene, Aaron and Riley understand each other completely and perfectly, and that's what they needed to uh, put an end to to all their trauma and all their feelings needed to be open in the air, so they could share it. And you know, in a short while, Riley will be dead. And this is kind of like almost, almost, not uh, completely, but this is almost the final conversation. So yeah. it is it is very yeah, important. Yeah, yeah. It is very important that it, it is about death and how, you know, uh, how we are able to move on or if we are able to move on from it at all and uh, other things such as you know we talked about before that in the in the previous slide there was the vampire the vampire doesn't speak in our sense of communication but maybe maybe i'm not maybe it has to be it needs to be because uh it needs to say something you know telepathically to paul because paul is answering outwardly so he he's like no I give me some time or something like that he he, he talks a little bit uh to what he thinks he, he's talking to and uh in that regard we understand that he's actually talking speaking to somebody hmm, and true. somebody's answering back so oh. we we just don't see the communication as as in you know the way that we know it we know it yeah. at- as a language and um, but you know in the in the church for example they are all together you know like saying the words it's it's another form of communication and if we go to the family and the family talks amongst themselves it's a familiar kind of communication and uh, and sometimes there are people that you don't even need to say words to. They just yeah. know. They just understand empathically, and yeah. they just know you so well that they know how you feel, and uh, they just they just know that they they are needed by you. So. It, Communication, as I said, can be in many, many forms and yeah. uh, it can also be beautiful, such as this that yeah. we can see. Uh, to me, but it was beautiful.
0: They, they found like closure, as you said, is the preliminaries of what's going to happen to him, that the, you were thinking yeah. that at some point they were going to find balance and happiness with each other after this conversation and everything goes, you know, I was gonna say something a be rude, but no. Yeah, no.
1: the moment, <laughs> the Literally, moment yeah. I I heard this conversation, I was like, oh my god, some of them is going to die. Like one of yeah. them is going to die, you certainly. Know, it's this is a final speech. This feels like yeah. a final speech because what, what can, saying? what can be said after this? Like what? Yeah, that's true. What else? That's true.
0: They found they found peace uh, in uh, talking about the ideas of death and I think this is very beautiful if we could have time to analyze this speech at some point as well maybe for another day or for our private sessions with people if they want to come and talk about the speech they find that he's more uh, scientifically oriented and 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 Erin is more in the spiritual side so they complement each other okay. so they, we can have this conversation where they see things in a different light and yet they are understanding each other and this is what society is all about really in this micro world that they've created and this moment is what the community is actually missing because when you are in church there's only one way direction you're listening but you're not saying what you want to say or you're thinking it's just the priest or the curate there saying his stuff or her stuff so yeah, I think the communication side could be something that if people would like to talk about more in depth, we, we could play this. And so the moment to do that is to do it in a in a different session where we could all be privately talking about it. So that could be a, a nugget for or carrot for people if they wanted to. So this is yeah, it's so important for our times as well, I think, to to. You know think about that so yes yeah, supporters. Yeah, <laughs> supporters supporters
1: supporters awesome.
0: and yes yeah, support all, all the plays all the place so yes i think we're pretty much covered um everything we could cover i mean we could extend on the little conversations and expand on that and we could keep elaborating on different monsters and figures in the supernatural yeah. Uh, but maybe this is something for another day, and maybe yeah. we could close midnight mass oh with this. But uh, yeah, people, support, support that way. That that I can't get me that, that way. That way, way. that way. <laughs> way. Support, <laughs> the supporters. support,
1: us, people, please.
0: <laughs> yes, yeah, because I mean, you're worth it. I mean, maybe I'm not as worth it as you are because you bring a lot uh, of information here, but yay yeah, yeah.
1: you bring fantastic. in the goods you bring in the beautiful slides and the goods.
0: <laughs> yeah thank god for
1: Kamba. because <laughs> yeah it really and the gothic you bring in the gothic and the gothic
0: and the gothic and uh, so please people follow to he's awesome yes. he's really you can see we're having a lot of fun i know that a lot of people are shy and they're not commenting on things but they're enjoying it so that's good but we like to know we need to know to keep producing content and this is me all over the show as you know uh, I will leave all links and anything I can think of I will leave it at the bottom of the page in the description on on YouTube and if you're listening in the podcast all the details are there as well so this is it my friends oh we come to an end how sad how how, how sad. do you feel about the whole thing I know that maybe you might have had all the things ready there prepared and and maybe you feel like Oh, my God, we could still go for another three or four sessions. But to wrap up for you, Midnight Mass, what have you rediscovered by talking about it? Uh, what lessons can we take with us? And, uh, you know, watching series is not just entertainment. At the end of the day, we're doing a lot more than that. We're learning. So for you, yeah. what has been the whole experience and, and what is the message for our audience? What will you tell them?
1: Well, uh, Midnight Mass for me, beginning that I thought it was just going to be a story about a town and that it would revolve around the town, only that. But looking at the show, I found something fascinating. A study in death and afterlife or non-existence afterlife, which is immortality, and I found something about human emotion. I found something about grief. I found, of course, I see grief everywhere. I mean, it's my, (laughs) it's my obsession. I see grief everywhere, but there's grief. I mean, what can I do? There's grief Uh, where there is life. There's grief guys. So, um, and, and, in that sense that uh, it, as you know it, two months ago i lost my grandmother and last week i lost my uncle as well oh, and oh, real oh. life real life moves on i mean yes yeah. these people that we love and know they're passing away but also their memories stay with us And this story is also about that, this narrative of Midnight Mass, is about how people can pass along to the other side and still still be there, there can be remnants of them and we can remember them by. And of course, it's also about the community, you know, being a community and trying to survive uh in this mad world where you know economy is everything basically yeah. but and uh, it's about communication you know two people having long and deep and philosophical conversation conversations with one another yeah. and i think the entire story is about death and also about life and mm-hmm. talking about it made me realize more and more and that how it can be, you know, ripped apart, and you can see a lot of things in it. You know, you can yeah. find the other, you can find the supernatural, you can find the gothic. I mean, if you look uh, long enough, you can see a lot of things in a lot of TV shows and yeah. a lot of films. And that's why I love my scholarship because it's fun. You can yeah, you see, can, you can, you can find a lot of things and. A lot of people ask me, like, do you enjoy watching films? And I'm like, why wouldn't I? Oh, because question. it's a job. Because it's a job. No, for you it's a job. For me it's a, it's a life. Uh, and Enjoying I'm doing... It's a passion. Yeah, it's my passion. And I'm I'm one of the few people who are lucky enough to have their passion as they're living. So... Uh, Yes, I do enjoy watching films and TV shows still, and uh, because it is more, I think uh, it becomes even more enjoyable because I understand it. Exactly. I understand what hmm. it means. Maybe so, that's the
0: key—the key that a lot of people do not actually have. That uh, don't do the exercise of going in depth into what they've got in front of them. And I get that, too. You know, it's amazing. I read articles, you know, I write on Medium. I write articles almost every week on Medium. And, you know, you come across a lot of different articles from the Gothic spaces is a small um, community and I'm kind of bringing some light into it together with other people there. But the main thing that you hear is um, productivity, productivity, productivity. And why would you watch TV at night that you're wasting your time? And I think, well, I'm watching all these programs that I use to talk to people I teach, that I'm learning tons of things. I'm helping other people to learn tons of things if they want to. We're helping people to be aware, creating this awareness, creating this critical thinking through a passion that is watching things on TV and reading books. Files of books, my friends, files of books. So (laughs) all that hasn't got a price. And the value that we get is amazing because you are in contact also with other people. You're having conversations with other people. So you're exchanging opinions. Therefore, there's another, again, there's learning. So yeah, I think you're right in every space nowadays, in every job. It's like, what would you be wanting to watch TV or read articles, But books take a long time. What nonsense is all this? It all depends how you use things, isn't it? So if you just are there watching the Pink Press and you're just watching soap operas that don't bring much, then, well, they're good distractors and you can also learn from them. But you need to make the effort of what is it that you're learning. So... Yeah, I totally agree with you. I think we need to. We're lucky that we can be in in spaces that we love. That there are a lot of lessons to be learned and to be taught. And you know, if anybody is um, landing here today and is is enjoying this, we've done our job as well. So yeah, there you go. So people support us because we're worth it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yes, you heard it.
0: You've heard it again. Now I'm
1: going to have to pull these others. Like, Who is the real monster now? <laughs> the money monster. No, thank you the thank money you monster. monster.
0: Thank you very much, Tucci. I think we could be another hour here talking. It's, it's always a pleasure to talk to you. I'm really looking forward to plotting Likewise. more things uh, in the near future. We need to think about how we're going to get this ex- exclusive to people that are really, really, are enjoying it. I think they're worth it. And uh, yeah, thanks a lot. And again, let's put this this thing to finalize the screen. I just love my logo. i just narcissistic. Beautiful
1: logo, beautiful. (laughs)
0: Beautiful.
1: The tree (laughs) of life. (laughs) That's
0: right. Trees, I've got this passion with trees. Trees are like people. People are like trees. It's so creepy altogether. So So, (laughs) anyway. Thank you very much. Uh, Thank speak you, to you for Perry having Stone. me. It's always great. And people write to her, get in contact, and get in touch because she will always answer. You're just great. You know, you talk to anytime yes. I have a question, I know you're there and you're always in good humor and always in good good spirits. And it's difficult to find people like that nowadays. So I'm really grateful yeah, that you're know, not you like that, but you're not creepy. <laughs> uh, okay, okay, so thank you, and see you see you very soon, and um, we'll have to keep plotting more things. To yeah,
1: come. we need to do that. Yes, maybe a new new thing, new show, mm-hmm. new film, whatever. We can talk about of. that. Yeah. yeah, let's think we about can, that.
0: Uh, think about it about
1: it great so speak to you very
0: soon and speak to you you soon bye
1: bye